Hello. Do you have your sheet of paper that tells you your notes that you know? Um, it was an envelope. It would be that one. I'm glad I picked the sneakiest, least crinkliest part. Yes. Okay, ready? Yep. Welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. This is a not quite episode. What is a not quite episode of this podcast? It's an episode where I take over and I do my best not to ruin whatever topic we are covering. So for this week, Captain Toby is going to imagine that he is on an island surrounded by palm trees and rums. Avast you, mates! While first mate Kyle tells us about the Pirates of the Caribbean, the curse of the Black Pearl. Hmm. The curse of the little gooey things that are at the bottom of the bubble tea. Oh. Those okay. are Black Pearls sometimes. Yeah. Tapioca. I'm right. I didn't say that you were <laughs> wrong. Dear God. Defensive already. This is going terribly. I love it. So, it's well known that the movie, uh, at least this first one that we're talking about, is based on the ride which debuted at Disneyland Resort March 18th, 1967. Mm-hmm. It's old. It's called The Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Caribbean. Do you have a, a preference on how I say Caribbean? It depends. Both are correct. No, wait, wait, it's one of those semantics things, man. There's like Caribbean rum, but there's parts of the Caribbean. You know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it's both, it's both way of right. using the word as to how it is. Yeah. Me and my dad have this horrible problem where you know the glass is half full, half empty, and like I I know I get it from him because I've seen him do the same problem. It depends on where it started. Hmm. Like if it's a full glass and it's and it's and you're like using it. It's, it's starting to dwindle when it's half empty. Mm-hmm. But if you're filling it from the bottom and it's coming up, it's half full. Oh, God. <laughs> the but if I was so- a pirate, I would say that the cup is at half tide. Bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> so the ride itself went through some fairly interesting changes. Um, originally, Walt had imagined that it would be a walk-through wax museum um, that would take you back to, you know, the the golden age of pirating. I feel like that used to be more of a thing of, like, themed wax museums. Yeah. Because that was back when they used to glorify, like, murders a bit harder than they do now. Instead of just having, like, podcasts about it, there would be, like, come and see, like, Bonnie and Clyde's shot-up car. Yeah. And there'll be, like, a wax figure of them there. It's not so much a thing anymore. Like, come but, check out the bones of Ted like, Bondi at our at our week. Even carnival. if you think of like Madame Tussauds and stuff like that, like a wax museum, you have the thing because you know people couldn't, but the internet didn't exist. That was why you had yeah. wax models of stuff. But like, you know, just going to have like a dude. learned at these sort of tours is now a Wikipedia. Yeah, like it, it's definitely a, a gone thing. Yeah. Um. But as Walt was, you know, getting different Imagineers on board and things, they brought their own flair and, like, ideas to the project. Which, basically, the 1967 Pirates of the Caribbean is the version we had till about the mid-90s. There was a few changes in there, like, 
rather than the pirates chasing women, the women were chasing the pirates. They just like turned the models around and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but that was that was basically what we had right up until mid nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, cut to me on our first tour of um of the theme parks in the states, and and my my dumb ass just. When we go through the ride, I'm like, it's crazy how much they got Johnny Depp to look like that 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 dude at the end of the ride. Yeah, I had to point. Yeah, to explain to me that they added him after the film, he was not a part of it. No, but I thought he was like, um, for example, Madame Leota in the in the Haunted Mansion film. Yeah, like, but I thought he was a murder in the ride doesn't look like Jonathan Tilly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was I assumed it was a pre existing thing. No. <laughs> I know. No, that character wasn't there at all. I don't have a lot of trivia slip-ups often, but that might be that's, one of my, like, dumbest ones. That said, though, it goes the other way because there's a point where Barbosa calls his um, crew cockroaches, hmm. which he took from the ride. Yeah, because it's a line that one of the like ship scenes has. There's and a lot he of stuff like, from the I ride that I see that. here. Like, there's a lot of things that cycle back around. Well, so they basically use the ride to give them like a rough, like outline for the film. Hmm. So you have the grotto where the adventure starts, the bombardment of the fort, the sacking of the town, and then the burning town. Yeah, which the last one is Tortuga just to, like, put it into a sequencing. However, due to ongoing failures with pirate films in Hollywood and the growing failure of movies based on theme park rides, the film was slated to be yet another failure. Side in Haunted Mansion, once again, (laughs) as Um, a great example. I I actually went back and, like, looked at how many theme park rides they tried to do just within Disney. Hmm. You've got that. Yeah, You've got the Country Bear movie well. that's really bad. So Country Bear hadn't come out yet, but mm. he comes up later in my notes. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> they've done ha- the Haunted Mansion, obviously. Um, Jungle Cruise, which clearly took so much inf- um, inspiration from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is the only successful one of these. Pretty much. Um, Tomorrowland is the other one you were thinking of. No, I was thinking of the t- made-for-TV Tower of Terror film from, that, from the mid-ass 90s. And that was, like, what came before this. Mm. So, basically, this film was going to be a failure, and they already knew that. Um, and they just took a number of steps to ensure that the film did as little damage as possible. That was, yeah. the, that was the stage that Disney were at at this point. They were like, it's gonna flop because it's a pirate film about a theme park ride. But let's just do it anyway. Don't know why. So originally the script was written by Jay Walpert in 2001. And as I said, it's based on the story of Pirates of the Caribbean. But there was a twist. Will Turner was a prison guard. And he releases Sparrow to rescue Elizabeth, who is being held for ransom money by Captain Blackheart. That was the film we were supposed to get. Okay. What do you What do you think about Will just being a prison guard and being like, eh, they want money for her, I'll let out this pirate. It, it doesn't really change the film, frankly, because he wanders in there looking for him anyway, so to speak. 
The only thing that really changes only, is the only, like the, the Black swordsman Heart. stuff, but Blackheart and the money. I don't know who Blackheart is. Is he the dude from that fifth one I keep asking about? No, he's just a pirate captain. Okay, he's Blackbeard without the licensing. Pretty much. Um, the film was slated to be director video release. Oof, they really had no faith in this. <laughs> because it wasn't going to do but anything. Keep, keep in mind, we're not just talking about like ride adaptation Disney. We're talking about Disney in like the biggest pit of despair that it has seen in a very long time. Oh, yeah. Where if it's not Pixar or, or like one of their licensed things like a Star Wars, they had nothing. Their live action films were Vin Diesel's The Pacifier. Yeah. Like it is... There is nothing there. So, in 2002, mm-hmm. the script was rewritten by um, Stuart Barty. Due to his knowledge, they purely brought him on because he knew something about piracy. Okay. Did he watch all the Disney films, like, illegally? I, I don't know, but pirates. Yeah. He, he knows a thing or two about pirates, and so he can rewrite our entire script. However, this would not be the final script that they ended up using because they brought on around the same time Elliot and Rioso, who rewrote it again, this time adding the supernatural curse that they kind of pulled it out of the opening monologue of the attraction from, like, the original one. Because... They I don't remember the like the plot of the ride so much, but I do remember skeletons driving a boat. Yes, which is where like <laughs> as as dumb as that sounds without any context, but I'm I'm picturing in my head like the one on the on the big boat steering wheel. Basically, one of the like if you go through the original monologue, the line that they pulled out is "Dead men tell no tales." That's a different part of the Caribbean movie. It is, but like. As you go through it. And they change the monologue later to, like, reflect that. Oh, it's not a... Because okay. it's, ah, uh, but they do tell tales. Mm-hmm. Because, spoiler alert for the film that came out 400 years ago. Zombies. They're all dead. Yeah. But they're still alive. That's right, baby. So. Anyway. We, we finally have gotten to the part where we're looking for a director. Okay. Um, one more question about the, the ride. Right. Before all its redesigns and, and touch-ups and stuff. The bones were real, right? Some of them. And then they, like, progress- like changed out most of them over time. Because people realised they were real. Except for one. Uh, As the expert who likes is, to knock down all the Disney fan theories we see in There is said to be a skull, which still exists within the ride, uh-huh. in a particular scene. The bed, right? Is there a dude in a bed in this? Oh my god! Yes, I should there have, is. I should have like Google imaged it or something just to reflect. But well, goddamn, guys, we're signing off to watch your POV of Paris. Yeah, I'm just stream of consciousing my way through this ride. I it was around into the mid 2000s. Hmm. I don't know if it is still there because I think they tried to hide the fact, and then too many people realized that they didn't hide it well enough. There's a simple way to figure it out. You lick it. If it tastes like plaster, it's fake. If it tastes like the bones that your dog would hoard in the yard, then maybe not. As someone who has maybe walked the ride a number of times, 
It is a lot harder to walk those show scenes than they let on. Hmm. Because the amount of animatronic that is inside the flooring, you will die. Yeah. Because they... Weirdly, animatronics don't see people. So they will just run into you without caring. Yeah, I always hear, like, spooky ghost fucking stories about the theme parks, and it's always the pirates don't turn off properly all the time, and they just scurry around and run Walt over, Disney and World, running over stuff. Walt Disney World Pirates of the Caribbean is said to be haunted. Yeah, because it's full of fucking bones. It's literally no, the plot from Poltergeist no, no, 1. Disneyland. They removed the headstones, no, no. not the body. Disneyland had skeletons. Disney oh, okay. World did not. Disney World is haunted. I don't know about Disneyland. Well, do the ghosts know the difference? Because I know I don't. Because if they don't, they might be haunting the wrong one. <laughs> but I'm just saying maybe the cast members have to say hello and goodnight to a particular individual in order to make sure the ride functions properly. The supervisor. However, watching from the roof, in best fireworks position. Moving on, because I don't know any of this information and you shouldn't listen to anything I say. Welcome to another episode of Hearsay Cast. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm gonna get this name wrong. I'm really sorry. Give us a give us a squiz there, lassie. I went Scottish in my part. I don't, I don't I'm, know I'm not, why. I think it's Gorvabinski. I think that ends a mistake. The N is a mistake. I'm sure Gorvabinski is a name I've heard somewhere before. Okay, well he signed on around this time to direct the series because he wanted. So he was excited that they were doing like. A pirate film that had other stuff to it. Um, but he was really excited that he would be able to um, bring a genre of golden Hollywood back into like current times. There's a lot of dead genres currently. Exactly. That he could use modern technology in order to like make it actually believable compared to what golden Hollywood had it. Yeah. And he remembered riding the ride as a kid, and he was like, as a child, it was scary, but it was funny. Yeah. And so he, like, had this script in front of him that it's, like, pirates, but they're zombie skeletons. And he was like, and a drunk guy in the corner. Yeah, it's Gore Verbinski. I'm sorry, I was just um, fact-checking. So he, he thought it was, you know, he was like, it sounds like it's going to be fun. I'll, I'll sign on to it. Why not? <laughs> That's fascinating that he wanted to bring back some of the classic um, genres of Hollywood because he's uh, he was also the director for the Lone Ranger. Oh, buddy! Oh, champ! At least you succeeded. And a bunch of bad religion back. music videos. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that sounded fake, but so I had Crystal Method, Born Too Slow. If you played Need for Speed Underground, you know that that's a banger. So yeah, that's cool. So he he's starts working on it and starts putting together like a rough storyboard and stuff like that, and then the Country Bear releases. Oh no! And Michael starring Eisner, Christopher Walken, by the way. <laughs> Michael Eisner gets a little bit concerned, and he's like, "Maybe we should just cancel the movie. <laughs> like maybe maybe it's just we just finish." Um, because I mean, at this start. The film's doing poorly. They still hadn't worked out who was playing Jack Sparrow. If you want to, like, really upset yourself, 
Go and look through the potential Jack Sparrow casting. I'm not going to get into it in this podcast because I don't have the time. Yeah, there's like dozens upon because, dozens of weird choices. Because if it was going to be director TV, hmm. they had a list. If it was going to be film, they had a list. And then they had the people they actually wanted. Hmm. Weirdly enough, Johnny Depp was not on any of those lists. Robert De Niro. He was on the. He was on one of those. I, know. I think it was the director's TV one. Um, so they were like, "Look, this is crazy. Maybe we just cancel it." And um, Gore was just like, "Yeah, look, come into the office in about two weeks, and we'll talk about it, and we'll we'll decide what we're going to do from there." Hmm. Lied to his concept artist, and we're like, "We are going ahead, full steam. We're just." I want everything to be perfect and immaculate. Well, he's not going to be able to sell this thing with, like, half-finished, downtrodden stuff that doesn't really matter. I feel like no one would have tried that hard if it was a cancelled film. Exactly. But so, Eisner comes in to, like, decide what they're going to do about the film, sees what they have managed to come up with, and he's like, yeah, all right, we can go ahead with it. However, you need to remove the more overt references to the ride. Oh, yeah, he wants to separate it? Yeah. It, it was, like, anything that, like, screams the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, hmm. you need to get rid of. Which is such a bad sign, because the only other example I can think of off the top of my head is Warner Brothers pulling the DC badge and Selena Kyle's name off of Halle Berry's Catwoman mm. and just letting it do, like, I'm just going to cast it out to sea. <laughs> the thing that's good about it though because Gore was like such a fan of the ride from his childhood he just put in his references that weren't like crazy over the top Hmm. and put in enough that anyone that does know the ride was like oh it's the dog in the prison cell well it's a ride it's open to interpretation as well so like there's not necessarily a huge plot to four like four set pieces and like a little bit where the boat goes I mean, there is a story, but if you don't know it... Yeah, but you have to be, like, a real a real dork to follow it. It's, it's more of a... You know what it is. Like it's more like, of a spectacle kind of system. I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean is an easier story to pick up on hmm. than Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunted Mansion, they've got, like... The whole Master Gracie story is so convoluted. They've got a dude hanging himself. They've got a wife who's crazy, but she's an axe murderer. So why is he hanging himself? They've got a guy with a hat. <laughs> Hatbox Moose is great. Shut up. What is his point? What's he doing? Is he the wife? No. Is she in the box? No, is it's his the... head in the box. Then why is he even there? Because he was originally from the ride in 67 and he broke freaking constantly. So they pulled him out and then they finally worked out how to do it because technology. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot more cluttered. Speaking of technology, let's finally get into the film. Thank you. And... As we go through, I'm going to add, like, the casting, because otherwise this whole podcast is just pre-production. Yeah, there's a bunch of people in it. Um, and yeah, we need, we need to get to the film. So, start of the film. Hmm. We have young Elizabeth Swan making the crossing from um, England to Port Royal, Jamaica, because her dad has just been instated head honcho. Hmm. I can't think of the actual name for it um governor or something yeah oh yes he is the governor he's in charge of some sort of whitewashing in a jamaican settlement 
Um, Elizabeth clearly already has a fascination with pirates as she is singing the tune Yo-Ho, which was created originally for the ride by um, Imagineer Francis Xavier, or just X. You just like to go by X. He's the he's the fucking brother from um from Speed Racer. I, look, that movie gets some real hate. I love it. Does not. It does not. It's goofy it's, movies. It's like movie oh, this is, is underrated. It's like I've only ever heard good things. It's just from like twelve people. Yep, loved it. Watched yeah. it multiple times on repeat. That's one of those small As but a very adult. It's one of those small but very passionate cult following movies. Yeah. Nice. Um. The ship that she's on happens across a damaged ship, which is still on like, fire, on fire yeah. going for it, and a young boy on like a piece of wreckage. Elizabeth is put in charge of watching over the young boy, who she learns is Will Turner, before fingering his sleeping body to find a gold medallion. Yeah. Fucking. She literally reaches inside his shirt and touches his nipple. She's she's grave robbing an unconscious child. <laughs> um, she then proceeds to steal the coin, claiming later on in the film she was afraid he was El Pirate. It looks like piratey treasure, I'm not going to lie. I know, but what's stealing the coin going to do? Hide it from the people. I think she wanted to keep him as a pet. I really think the whole way through this film, I don't think it's... Like, he loves her. She's just like, ooh, a new toy. Yeah. Um, to- Toby, do you go around stealing other people's jewelry, assuming their occupation? Nah. Nah. No? Do you think that's you know normal behaviour? I don't. I don't know what to. Make oh, you of. look like a nurse. I'm gonna steal your watch. That's my stethoscope now. <laughs> yeah, I just. That's weird. Um. However, we don't get to. There might be some sort of long. mystical pull to that. Stupid cursed coin as well. Maybe. Just like the golden toad from American Dad. <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird. Well, it's got a curse on it. But anyway, we, we catch up to what I'm going to call modern day. Because I say the present it's day of like... Yeah. <laughs> um, and the port is preparing for Captain Norrington to be promoted to Commodore Norrington. Oh. A nice SS Commodore. Oh, yeah. Um... I have I have researched. This is a useless fact. Hmm. Wouldn't have happened in real life. Okay. Because a commodore was instated to look over a like large thing of ships. A fleet. A fleet of ships. Hmm. And while there was a fleet in the port, it wasn't big enough to be like a commodore's fleet. We're going to assume some are out so patrolling and doing their things, been, but there is a lack of boats overall no, in this so film. so he would have been promoted up to commandeer the fleet while it was there. They would have brought in someone of a higher rank than him, and then he would have gone back down to high captain. Hmm. This is not information anybody needs, yeah, but, but I, I have it. I love when people hang, hang shit on like weird semantic details like that in films. That's just fun. Don't worry, because I've got more. Me too. Because I, I started researching things and then I was like, hang on a second, this has nothing to do with what I'm actually doing. So, um, of course this means that Elizabeth gets a fancy new dress all the way from England. Will makes a fancy sword for her dad to mm-hmm. give to Norrington. And, you know, they're, they're doing their fancy rich people of the port thing. 
With all the fuss going on, however, no one pays attention to a ship that sinks on its way into port. Yeah, I do like that opening, like, shot. It's like playing triumphant ass music. You've got Mr. Mister Sparrow there, just, like, sailing into port. And just as the camera pans out, there's just no ship underneath him. Funnily enough, apparently that is one of the few, like, incidents that happened in the film that wasn't supposed to happen, and they just went with it. Funny. Another one was that um, all of the people in Jamaica where they were filming were like, don't go out at night time in the boats. And they're like, oh no, we've got like GPSs and stuff. Like, it's fine, we don't need to listen to them. Within like a week, Kira Knightley, her mom, and the like person rowing their little robot, oh, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> they... knocked over on a coral reef that was like unmarked properly. And when someone was like, oh, you know. They told, they told us not to row the boats at night. Someone was like, yeah, you're an idiot. You should have listened to them. Hmm. So I was like, haha. Everyone's very young in this bit. It was one of my first notes. Like Elizabeth, oh, well, Kira Knightley was 17. Yeah. During filming. That's what I mean. Like, this movie's a lot older than I thought, I suppose. But we've almost completed all of pop culture of 2003. I feel like we smashed that year so good. Oh, yeah, we're doing good. Smash it like a like button, my friend. But yeah, everyone's like way younger. I was like, oh damn, this is a this is a dated film. It's not dated. No, this, this, old. This, this, the CGI and stuff and it holds up relatively good. We've seen worse. We've definitely seen worse. We've seen worse more recent films. Exactly. It's it's up there with Scooby Doo. Mm, Scooby Doo's got great CGI. It's it's really good, but it is starting. But the fact that it made it this far to start to look like it's aging a little bit is because I'm, I'm nuts. pretty sure that's a 2003 film too. I'll, I'll have a look. Please. Um, let, let's call this man that's on a sinking ship Mr. Smith. Uh, he oh, is yeah. looking to... I, I do like that, but man... Like, I see the Jack Sparrow bullshit all the time. And we'll talk about it more when we get to the end of this first movie, but he is very fun in this movie. Like, he bribes the dude and then, like, immediately steals even more money from the guy than he, than he paid in the first place. So... He, and he's very clear about this. He is looking to commandeer a ship to sail to Tortuga in order to find a crew to sail the Seven Seas. It was 2002 and the Scooby-Doo sequel was 2004. Ah. See, that's... I averaged them out. You may have missed... Like, it, it could have been a DVD release in 2003. Possibly. So, you, I don't know. Um, however, his plans change when Elizabeth faints and falls into the ocean from the top of the fall. Because she's wearing a corset and she doesn't like it wearing it wrong because that shouldn't happen yeah i should probably mention by now that you know elizabeth is played by kira knightley mm-hmm. who was relatively new to the movie scene at this time like you said a small baby she had worked on a few shorts and tv shows but at this stage the only real film appearances that she had was bend it like beckham who that's one of those movies that used to be on tv like every month yeah it was one of those ones Gore had never seen it. Fuck it, I don't think I've ever seen much of it either. Um, the other thing she was in, which I'm bringing this up more to fuck with you than for any good reason, she was in Star Wars. No, hang on, that's not a Star Wars thing. God damn it. Where she plays Sabe, who is the Natalie Portman lookalike. And the reason that people get confused is because... Natalie Portman dubbed her entire character 
She's in the full face of white makeup with the little red lip tint. Oh, the Japanese, like, empress yeah. looking. Okay, so. And even their parents, as in Natalie Portman's mother and Kira Knightley's mother, couldn't work out which one was Sabe and which one was... When I said... <laughs> when I describe either of these actresses as default white woman, it's not my fault. And I will always get them wrong. I can't help it. They're both in love, actually, but neither of them seem to be. Yeah. It's hard. Hard dealing with things, all right? So technically, whenever you tell me that Kira Knightley is in Star Wars, you're kind of correct. If Bill Finger draws Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent next to each other, I'll be able to tell who is who. But God forbid I can figure out a human face. It's all right, <laughs> because we both know that our phone gallery cannot tell me as the same person if I'm wearing glasses yeah, or I'm not wearing glasses. I mean, that just straight up proves the fucking the theory. <laughs> um, Disney's Haunted Mansion came out in 2003 as well. I know, we've so we'll done that one. No, we did the Muppet one. No, I think we've done... Home no, we did Muppets, too. but I kept insisting on bringing it up because I'm an asshole. Um, Mr. Smith is the only crazy person or prob- possibly the only person that is able to swim. Good work, Queen's Navy. Um, he jumps in and saves Elizabeth from drowning. He does, yeah. Elizabeth happens to be wearing Will's medallion, which upon hitting the water lets out an electric pulse. It goes boom. You're really good at picking up background details. Apparently, when it, like, pans out from the water when the pulse happens, the clouds above her turn into a hand reaching towards her. I didn't notice. I was looking at the shockwave. Cool, because I didn't notice either. And I've seen this movie a number of times. Now, this is... Hang on. Mm -hmm. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. I made a spelling mistake and it really messed with my brains. Um, This is possibly a handy feature of the coin. Like, I get that it's cursed and all, but this is the only time that it does this. And it's kind of cool in a wishy-washy way. Like, if you lost it and it gets to water, Mm. at least it, like, lets you know where it is. Yeah. It's like GPS tracking. Okay, I can kind of see that. As that that could also be a coincidence. It's not. That's not exactly a whole hand. So, Mister Smith is helping Elizabeth get to shore, and Commodore Norrington works out that Mister Smith is actually Jack Sparrow, the branded pirate. Branded because the East India Trading Company would brand pirates that steal their goods. Um, normally, it's a brand on the face. He gets it on his arm. He does. Which... Maybe they can reach his head. <laughs> Maybe he drew a little mustache on his hand <laughs> trying to protect his face. <laughs> I like that plan. Either way. He, he's, a, he's a sock puppet in my in my mental picture. Lovely. Awesome. Being that he is a pirate, he must be hung at sunrise. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't know, Jack Sparrow is played by Johnny Depp. And that poor man... Went through so much as a part of this role. So, as we said previously, he was pretty much the last person they wanted to play Jack Sparrow. Because hmm. um, I asked you, like, when we were watching what he'd done before this, and really it's like Edward Scissorhands and, like... He, he is the main feature of a lot of cult films. Hmm. Crybaby. This is his first, like popular mainstream yeah it feels like it yeah um so 
as soon as he like auditioned and got part of it, he started researching pirates um, to make sure that his character was true and accurate to what a pirate would have been. Do you reckon that scab on his on his face is supposed to be a syphilis reference? Uh, they don't say, but it was between. So, but was Johnny... he doing that on purpose? Is what yes. I'm yeah. So Johnny Depp actually. So, like I said, he did a heap of research into pirates. Realized that they were kind of reviewed as old timey rock stars. So he started researching Keith Richards to use that as like his basis for his character. Before they started filming, he went and got a whole heap of his own teeth gold capped because he assumed, like, he was like, that's what a pirate would have. Yeah. They're going to have gold teeth. Didn't tell the director, didn't tell Disney, just went and did it. Um, him and the makeup crew came up with the scab on his cheek that you're talking about mm. and came up with the idea that throughout the movie, it gets bigger. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a developing symptom. I'd seen somewhere in research. And that's, like, all of that Depp came up with on his own. When he showed up to do the table read, he did it in what we now know to be, like, the classic Jack Sparrow. You kind of don't know if he's drunk, dehydrated, has a lot of brain injuries, anything like that. He's wild card. The Disney execs were like, we can't tell if he's making Sparrow drunk or gay. We don't want him on this film. He's going to ruin it. You think he's drunk and gay now? Wait till you see Willy Wonka. Well, <laughs> so Depp turned around and he said, look, I've done the time. I've done the work. Either you can keep me in character and that's fine or you get rid of me. That's your call. You can trust me or you can't. They took the risk. Mostly Gore took the risk because um, even like producers and executive directors and things like that were like, I don't really know how this is going to work. And Gore was like, look, we're going to go with it. We'll see how it pans out. Because, like, the film was already slated to be a disaster. Like, who cares at yeah. this stage? Clearly it freaking paid off because the amount of money that Johnny Depp's character has made Disney, he's beloved. Mm-hmm. Like... I couldn't imagine someone else playing. And, like, it worked out because, unbeknownst to you, in a later thing, they get Keith Richards in to play Jack Sparrow's dad. Cool. So, like, full circle. Nice. Um, back, back to our story. During the night, however, because Sparrow is being hung in the morning, the Black Pearl arrives at the port and they begin their search for the Golden Medallion. Ran second. While the crew causes piratey havoc throughout the port, they come across Elizabeth and her coin, and they take her back to the captain under the code of parlay, something which gets tossed around throughout this film a great deal. Now, the film is partly correct about the first pirate who reported the code. It, they'd say that it's Bullum and Bartholomew yeah, or something do, like that. Yeah, they do a name drop. Um, Bartholomew is the first recorded pirate code that we have however upon further research usually each ship and sometimes voyage had its own set of code and this had to be signed by all crew it was usually just an outlining of behavior and the division of loot when you were aboard a ship Hmm. so 
And a lot of the times, if you were found to have signed the pirate code, you would get in a lot of trouble with the law. So they would ask, like, if you got taken on board someone else's ship, you would say, hey, can you hold me at knife point while I sign this? So if we get captured, I can say I only signed it because I was at knife point. Like, that was a very common practice, apparently. But, like, it was things like you weren't allowed to be, like, loud and drinking under the ship's, like, you know, in in the living quarters past 8 p.m. You had to maintain your weapons so they were ready for battle. You had to, like, if you had a fight with another person on board, you didn't fight on the ship, you fought on land. They didn't care how you fought. So long as it was equal to your punishment. Um, Captain usually got double share of the loot. His first mate and the doctor and any, like, engineering people would get loot and a half. And then everyone on the ship would get loot. Hmm. Like, they were very fair rules. Well, they had to be because, uh, well, mutinies, really. Like, Hmm. the captain was in charge during, like, straight-up battles and shit. But at all other times, most things were put to a complete vote. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they also don't like to be called pirates. No. They prefer buccaneer, which roughly translates to the French boucan, which is a essentially like jerky yeah. that you used to prepare and live off while you are at sea. Yeah. So Elizabeth is taken to Captain Barbosa, who is played by Jeffrey Rush. He's in other stuff too. Finansky figured that he would play the villain, villain, sorry, in just, he was like, he will be a straight villain. No, like a very simple, this is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Rush didn't take it that way. He created his own elaborate backstory for the character. And in Rush's mind, um, Barbosa is an unsung hero with a grand plan. Uh, he basically decided that the whole reason that he was on this voyage was to get back all of the pieces so that he could free his crew. He was then going to retire from piracy and get married and live out the remainder of his years enjoying the things that he had lost during these eight years of his life. Which is fair. No, no actual character or person thinks of themselves as the villain. Yeah. And they're, unless they've watched way too much, like, Walking Phoenix Joker and they're a little incelly, frankly. So Elizabeth tells um, Barbosa that her name is Turner, thinking he wants her because she's the governor's daughter. But, in fact, they were looking for a relative of bootstrap Bill Turner. So they can round up the 80... 80- 882 gold pieces which the crew of the Black Gull had taken from the Isla de Morta. The pieces were payment from an Aztec or from the Aztecs to Cortez in order to help they thought that he would stop massacring the Aztec people if they paid him off Hmm. but because he was super greedy and took all of the money and still killed them, the Aztec gods put a curse on the treasure and that was when Barbosa and his crew went and stole it later on. Um, it turned them immortal and also skeletons in the moonlight. So that's where the actual reviews. curse comes from. Yeah. 
Um, Will, who is played by Orlando Bloom. The only reason I can see that he got the role is because that he was in Lord of the Rings at the time and they were banking that that would assist their film in being, you know, a little bit bigger. Hmm. Um, Jeffrey Rush had also convinced him to read the script after working on him with Ned Kelly. So it's a little Aussie shout out there. Um, anyway, Will begins his progression into piracy by freeing Jack from prison, helping him commandeer a ship, sail to Tortuga, assemble a crew, and then go to rescue Elizabeth. During his time, we learn more about Jack's story and that he was the captain of the Black Pearl 10 years ago. However, his first mate, who turns out to be Barbosa, yep. ran a mutiny and they marooned Jack on an island with only his hat, a compass, and a pistol with a single shot. Um, again, very accurate to most pirate codes. Hmm. They don't normally have a plank, though. No. No, because you, you can just go over the side of a boat. I know, but... The, the, the plank is superfluous. I know, but it's fun. You just like it because Peter Pan had a plank in it. They're fun. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything to add at this point? Um, I'm not sure specifically where you're at as far as, like, revealing stuff. Uh, Gibbs and Will are talking about the fact that Jack got off the marooned turtles, island with sea turtles. I, I tied them with hair back. from my back. So, yeah, he has a huge ass beard. Why do you use his back hair? Ridiculous. Because it's under his shirt. It's also not true. No, it wasn't in the slightest. <laughs> Lies. Lies and deception, baby. But so Jack was marooned 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The curse was eight years. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there at the time. No. Just making sure our timelines are correct. Yeah. Um, Will didn't really need to bother, however, because as you might have guessed, Elizabeth, her she blood didn't do name. anything. Yeah. Because she's not Bill Turner's daughter. Because she lied at first thinking they wanted her because she's the governor's daughter because the fucking maid put her on a bum steer. Yeah. And she, and she went with Will Turner's to... name because she wants to bone down so bad. It's oh, fucking so ridiculous. Bad. That fucking scene in front of her dad when she's like, I'm having dreams about you, is like, ugh, come on, man. Yeah, it's very just, Even just... her dad's like, this isn't very civil. Yeah, I know. He's old-timey civil, though, so, like, holding hands is fucking horny. But, like, she's ba- she's ba- she's like a sentence away from saying, bro, I'm dripping. You know? <laughs> like, she's laying it on pretty thick. Um, Thick like peanut butter, that. Will is there to save Elizabeth in the end anyway. Yes, because he has to... He's very fixated on doing good and justice and all good things prevail. Elizabeth... Honestly, around this point of the movie, I'm like, are we just watching fucking Star Wars? Pretty much. Because you've got the woman captured by the villain, Mm -hmm. uh, Leia Darth Vader, um, and then the fucking... Then the super good guy, you know, your Luke Skywalker, has to help... Han Solo escaped from Jabba the Hutt because he's like a, not a mercenary, he's a pirate, but like, you know, like a scallywaggy type fella. He has to help him get free from some bullshit so he can save the princess. Obviously it doesn't stick to that gun, but I'm like, man, that also might just be a trio thing, like the good guy, the ambivalent one, and the woman. Mm. Which I'm sure that's in other things too. I really hope I'm the woman in this scenario. Um... We then see Elizabeth steal the medallion for the second time. Bitches be pinching. Again, she didn't need to, but okay. Well, she grabs it when she escapes. 
Um, and then we get the fastest, slowest chase scene in a film, where the Black Pearl chases the Interceptor in order to get the medallion back. It's funny, man, because you brought up the Commodore earlier like it was a joke. Meanwhile, the ship is named after the car from Mad Max. Yeah. Awesome. It's Probably not on purpose. Um, I will admit that the fight scene between the two ships is pretty epic. All the fucking fight scenes in this are good. Do you remember when Will... Oh, to, to go back a little bit. Back mm-hmm. on the original island. Jack is trying Port to... Port Royal. Yeah, Jack's escaping um, after, you know, taking Elizabeth hostage for a minute there. Um, he, and then they have the sword fight with Will. Mm-hmm. And, like, the sword clangs are, like, matching the score beat beat for beat. Yeah. Which fascinated me because I just, like, rewatched that fucking Cats review. And I'm like, they got the sword play choreography... To match the sound. Meanwhile, a musical couldn't get the singers to keep a fucking beat. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing the complete difference. It is a really good scene. Yeah, it's fun. When they're in the blacksmithery. Hmm. I liked it because I was waiting for it to turn into the wheel. Mm. But that's a different movie. I've seen, bi- I've seen bits of a couple of these and I don't, I don't know the difference really. But we're slowly showing you all of the weird, like, not Star Wars, Star Wars films. Yeah. Because we've we've now finished the four Indiana Jones movies that exist. I hate that I liked the worst one the best. <laughs> not, not, not to get too free periody, but, like, those other movies are good, and and that's fine, they're just good. <laughs> but they're also so iconic and so referenced that I, I fucking get it. It's mm-hmm. not special to see them now. But the fourth one is so fucking stupid and bonkers. That it's it's pretty funny, honestly. So like, it's it's that thing we've said it before on the podcast. Like, it's better f- to be interesting than just good. Mm. <laughs> he, he survived an atom bomb because he was in a fridge, yo. That's crazy. And then he fucking told the government he was there at Area Fifty One. That's fucking nuts. I love it. Good times. Great classic hits. All right. So the Black Pearl wins the skirmish between the two boats. Yeah. They end up sinking the Interceptor. I do like, at this point in the movie, you got up to go and get a drink, so you weren't even looking at the screen, Mm -hmm. and you were telling me about how if they shoot the two cannonballs connected by a chain, it's really bad for the ship. No, I said it was bad for people caught in it. It's made for the ship, it ain't made for (laughs) fucking knees. Immediately that happens and it sinks the Interceptor, and I was like, hmm, hmm. Um, they capture the crew and Elizabeth, whom Barbosa pretty much throws to the walls for lying to them. He, he, he just did pushes tell her things. into the crew and he's like, here, deal with this woman. Here, get raped. <laughs> pretty, that's pretty much what He doesn't say it, though, because it's a children's Disney film. However, at this point, Will shows up and decides to make a deal with Barbosa like to release Elizabeth I like and that he's sort of, the crew. You know when like, you grab a person put a gun to their head and they're like, if you fucking, I'll kill it. He, he like kind of does that to himself. Yeah. <laughs> I like that as well. Because Jack had revealed to him all that stuff about his dad and shit. I do like the J- Jack reveals things and he's like, if this is how you do it, it'll work. Well, that's the- No one trusts him because he's a pirate. Yeah, that's the ongoing thing. It's like, oh, fuck, what does he say? I, I won't be able to do the quote verbatim more specifically, but the whole, like, never trust an oh, honest man. person because it, a dishonest person, you know they're lying. When an honest person's tell, like when you're with an honest person, you don't know when they're lying mm. because they're not. And it's it's like it's one of those things where it's confusing, but 
then he, you know, then he does wild card stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing you never you never know what Jack has decided. He's always honest, but he does it in like a inconvenient or weird way, which which we brought up regarding the moral of the film. At this point, Toby and I have very different. What is the moral of the Pirates of the Caribbean story? Um, because I was like, ah, when you make a deal or give instructions, you need to be extremely clear. Make sure you cut out as many loopholes as possible. Because we see Elizabeth make several deals that only end up, like, shooting her in the foot because they just go around it in a certain way. This is basically what Will is doing currently. Yeah. Toby's moral to the story is... Just find the loopholes that the other person's giving you and work with them. Yeah. So... You can see how we are two extremely different people. Yeah, we're on different ends of that um, of that conversation. Um, Toby, you have now been made Barbosa uh-huh. because you use Will's loophole to maroon Jack and Elizabeth on the same island that he deserted Jack on the first mutiny. It's the same gun too, isn't it? And Jack is resigned. It's the same gun and he's like, there's two of us, so I should get two shots. And he's like, no, Be a gentleman you get and kill the one woman. shot. Yeah. And, Which again, pirate code. And then it leads to like the part of the movie that I, that kind of dismissed the whole franchise to me is the why is the rum gone quote because I feel like that is so overplayed and tedious. It's funny. Yeah, it's so funny the thousands of times you hear it. So Jack is resigned to... His so it, ter- it turns out the first time mm. that he was on the island, it was used as a rum runner's island <laughs> and he just like bartered with them until they put him on the ship and he got back to land. Yeah, you got it right. Um, can't happen again because they no longer use this island, but they have left a bunch of product around. Hmm. So he's like, okay, I'm going to live out my days on this tropical island. All the white people rum. doing Commodore shit have kind of made it a hard place to do rum runs. Exactly. Elizabeth doesn't like rum. So she decides instead... To set everything on fire. Rude. Literally the whole island. Yeah, she makes a smoke uh, signal. She hopes that her dad in Orrington will be looking for her and will see the fire. I will give it to her. This works. Hmm. Um, apparently when they were filming, they did actually set the island on fire. They didn't say anything to anyone. And so someone pulled up to that island like a week later and, like, all of the trees were, like, blackened and burnt down and things like that. And they freaked out that something had happened. Yeah. And that, like, they had to go searching for dead bodies. What was that other movie we watched recently? Because they just left. Eager. So there's this caveman movie from, like, the fucking 50s or 60s or something. And as a cost-saving measurement, what they did was they um, just didn't get permits to film anything anywhere yeah. and would just film until like a park ranger rocked up and said what are you guys doing and then they'd fucking scurry on out <laughs> it's like that it's like yeah we'll just set fire to this island i'm sure no one will notice <laughs> um upon being saved by norrington and her dad they're convinced to save will from the pirates from the promise of marriage of, with elizabeth yeah she exchanges her her little rural self mm. Which her dad gives some very good advice here mm. for anybody. The right thing done for the wrong reasons is still not the right thing. I.e. don't marry this dude to save the dude that you actually like. Because while it's a good match, 
No. Yeah. I um, mean, like like we said, he, he he can very clearly see that she is hot and heavy for the other guy. Yeah. Good also, old. Norrington's like 400 times her age. Everyone's 400 times her age. She's a child. Exactly. She's a child actress, apparently. Um, That's a special effect her boobs on. It was a forgotten art, which I think is also kind of nice because they're trying to bring back pirate films from the golden age of Hollywood, and she has to use the booby makeup yeah, from the golden age of Hollywood because hmm. they no longer do that. I think drag queens still do it to a degree. Um, Elizabeth gets what she wants anyway because they take her to the Isle of Morta, um, and she's able to save Will. This is where I find the most confusing part of the film. Oh, yeah. Jack convinces the British Navy to do one thing. They don't listen to him because he's a pirate. Jack then convinces Barbosa's crew to attack the British, which they don't do because Jack is a pirate. Again, he's just, like, doing honest stuff and calling bluffs. Elizabeth goes to the Black Pearl to set Jack's crew free. Mm Mm-hmm. Assuming that they would do what she wanted them to do. Yeah. They basically, you know, pirate code and start sailing off with the Black Pearl. But was it this man of them? But I mean, I would too. So she goes in to save Will. Um, she and Will work together. Mm. Jack turns on Barbosa again. And is like, of course I was never on the your side. Um, and they start battling. Barbosa then stabs Jack. And we learn that he stole a coin. And what so- do you mean we learn? Fucking test audiences ruined that moment so bad. I would have been much better if we didn't know that he stole it. No, they originally had that. And test yeah, audience is like, oh, I don't fucking get it. Why don't we make um, Will Smith like the hero at the end of I Am Legend and defeat the whole fucking purpose of the film? You're a dickhead. Read the book. Exactly. Ugh. Jerks. A lot of them. I'm sure they did something at that first Suicide Squad movie. Can't so, trust a test audience. Barbosa is like, we're, we're both immortal pirate people. What What is the point of... Us, like, that bit. We'll though, keep fighting, but like. No, that bit's so good when when Jack is like monologuing to him about sending the pirates off to fucking get the the, the British people. Mm. When and he and he picks up the treasure and he's like kill every drops one last drops one one and drops one. That's a cool moment. And then like it show like they went back and filmed him slow motionally like keeping one in his hand. Mm-mm. That bit is so cool as a twist. Oh, I hate that they fucking changed that. That sucks. Yeah. Because the reveal when he, like, gets stabbed and steps back into the moon. It would it And would then he does, like, the coin 400 flick. 400 times better. He does the coin without. flick. The trick that I used to be able to do with razor blades because I didn't work very good at my old job. <laughs> um, Can't do it with coins, though. They're heavier. I, I don't think that the 80... 882 pieces were real gold. I'm sure there is like 30 of them on top of a polystyrene cube. <laughs> my, my One of my favourite pieces of trivia. Yeah. None of those coins were left by the end of filming. Duh. I think... <laughs> they, they cannot prosecute anyone because all 882 pieces were gone before the filming wrapped. I hate... 
the proprietary, like, I, I understand it because the, the film company is, like, funding all this, all this practical bullshit, mm-hmm. so they expect, I don't even know why they expect it to return to them, because, like, what the fuck are they going to do with it? You can't you- recycle stuff. We're not talking about the magnetic boots from Face Off showing up in the Super Mario film. Because how often does that shit really you happen? You say that. Are you going to recycle but you've everything? you've been to the Warner Brother Pop factory. Yeah, that's fascinating as hell. But, like, why hoard all that stuff? Like, the fact that Ryan Reynolds had to straight up pickpocket his own Deadpool suit after he was the one who pioneered that film in the first place is crazy. Yeah. You may as well dump that stuff in an auction house and have fans pay for it because it'll fund your next thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, kind of like how, um, like, comic book art used to just get shredded for proprietary reasons. Like, the original art would get scanned, printed, and destroyed. And now, you know, after a while, like, they would start to give it back to the creators to sell to make some money. Because they're making, like, a buck a page or some shit. Yeah. That's the same as, like, people sit there and say, why does the Disney archive exist? And it's like, because we might need that crap. The Disney vault's evil because it's just like creating fake exclusivity of their own products to make it more valuable. Yeah. Like like the diamond industry. But it's somewhat like, I'm I'm not sure where this is going to come out. We're doing some pre-recording at the moment while we've got some time. Um, In the Batman of, you know, they made Azrael Batman really freaking annoying so you want a real batman back hmm. disney does the same thing with the vault like if we take it off you and you can't get it you're gonna want it again hmm. that's that's the whole point of it it's not about like pulling some trick over your eyes it's like a, if we have this constantly for sale you're not gonna want it hmm. unless you are banking on things reappearing in a sequel then just let it go the only thing that I'm annoyed has never made it out of the vault is Song of the South. Because it's actually a really good film. And Just put the Warner Brothers disclaimer on the front of it where it's like, oh, thing. this is fucking inappropriate the, now. Don't be a racist. But the thing is, the issue they have with Song of the South is that the Southern family keeps slaves. And the time around the film is ambiguous. That's what I'm saying. Put the disclaimer at the start. Bang. I'm sorry. Americans had slaves. We all know. They had slaves in parts of the Caribbean. I do like that detail that shitloads of the ship's crew are like, you know, Jamaican-esque people. Yeah. Because a lot of that stuff that was getting, you know, shipped across that sea were were sugarcane and the people growing and cultivating the sugarcane later on cotton fields. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. If a ship was, like, destroyed by pirates, they would turn around and say, hey... Do you want to go down with the ship, or do you want to join us? Yeah, and they're like, they well... They didn't care about skin colour, they didn't care about... It was a, we need bodies to man the ship. Hmm. Are you going to aid bodies? Yeah, um, the longer piracy, like, goes in history, like, the better they seem compared to, like, the environment they were in. Well, and that's, you know, you think about it, all countries, not just... Britain, Mm. but all countries were trying to expand their kingdoms. They were doing shady deals, stealing spices, stealing people, stealing sugarcane. Like, of course, people are going to rebel against shitty behavior. Mm. That's not really a surprising. Need some sort of street pirate. So, we're at the point in the film, Mm. and this I think was kept as a relatively great twist. 
Jack shoots Barbosa. And Barbosa starts making fun of Jack because he wasted the shot that he kept for 10 years. No, actually, I don't like this bit. I agree that it's a cool move, but, like, he gets shot and he's like, oh, you wasted your your bullet you'd been holding on to for revenge. And then it shows Will drop the coin. Mm. It should already be in there. He should just have a cut hand. Being like, <laughs> suck my dick. But we have to see that it's got both bloods on it. I know, like, I, otherwise I get, it doesn't... I get that, but if the coin ain't already in the chest, then the bullet's already done out. You, you know? Mm. I, I want it to be, like, a, a past tense thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's still a cool move. Doesn't matter, because, full circle, we... The film ends with Jack being fitted for his noose. Because, yeah, because he's a pirate. He should be he's put... He's a pirate. Yeah, he should be either hung or put on a gibbet as a warning to other pirates. <laughs> Um, Will decides that he's going to try and save him. Mm-hmm. Um, Dressed like a musketeer. Oh, yeah. Like, ridiculous outfit at the end of that film. I get that he's a swordsman and shit, but, like, what the fuck? Well, That's I'm assuming crazy. he got home. Her dad pardons him because she's like, if I kill him as well, no, he took a, he's never going to, like... A pocket full of the treasure from that island oh, definitely funded yeah. his, like, sweet oh, new outfit, yeah. his cool-ass horse... His iPod shuffle, because this is such an old film, it still uses the old... It doesn't really, there's no electricity. No. You know what I'm saying. Um, Will says that he's perfectly fine with being a traitor to the British, yeah. and that he's saving a good man, and if that just means that there's two heads on the noose rather than one, he's happy with it. At which point, a woman has power. Right. Elizabeth steps in, and she's like... Please don't hang him, Daddy. I love him. Um, Jack uses this as his opportune time to dive off the fort into the ocean. And luckily, the Black Pearl happens to be there. No, not luckily. He knew because the bird. I know, but like... You'll remember this as the day you almost caught O.J. Simpson. I'm pretty sure they caught him. Only a little. They got him for like tax fraud or some vague bullshit to make up for the case being a train wreck. Mm. Um, any thoughts on the film itself? Yeah, there's lots of like good bits. I feel like you sort of rushed through there, but the as far film as it's also out, twenty years old, I figure most people have seen it. Yeah, but like, um, I think of um Elizabeth and Barbarossa having dinner together like before the reveal as as a really cool scene. Mm. Like, how they're preparing food, and I'm like, this food looks like shit, and you point out that it's like, yeah, but they wouldn't... That's the thing. There's a lot of, like, moments of really good foreshadowing, like Joker being Clayface, Arkham City level. Like, we're not hiding it, we're just not telling you sort of stuff. Like, you're, I'm like, ugh, that food looks nasty. You'd think people stealing spices for a living would know how to fucking marinate. And you're like, why would they? They haven't had to eat in, like, 800 years, 80 years. Eight, whatever. Eight. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, they've forgotten how to cook, all right? And I'm like, you know, that's a very smart point. I don't know if they were doing that on purpose or it just looked like old-timey fruit. Well, but it's a good detail. And then you've got, um, I don't know their names, but Fowler and the Fez. The pirate, the really filthy one with the beard and, like, a little red, like, Pope hat. Will fights him on the on the Jamaica right at the start. Oh, that motherfucker. The, he's, he's got the bombs in his beard. Yeah, yeah. So, so fucking, so, quote-unquote, Blackbeard. <laughs> Fowler in the Fez. Um, he fights Will in Jamaica Plains or wherever. 
Old fucking Jamaican Cove. Port Royal. Yeah, man. He's in Port Royal with cheese. And he fucking <laughs> fights Will. Will puts a fucking axe into his spine. And I'm like, oh no, that guy just got Barbara Gordon and he's laying face down in mud drowning for the rest of the night. That sucks. This is Will Will Turner is quite a violent uh, children's film hero. Um, and then later that night, he's the one who fucking cracks Will and knocks him out during like the rest of that chaotic night. I'm like, oh good. He went from Barbara Gordon to Barbara Gordon New 52. So he's walking again. And I'm referencing all sorts of Batmans throughout this film because I can. Um, and then like... And then later, with the twist, it's like, oh, he probably fucking would have died, but he can't. So he gets respawned. You know you know what and I mean? Another- There's details there where it's like, yeah, he got back up. Isn't that a fun callback that he got revenge on Will? It's like, no, he had his fucking spine severed by a tomahawk. Well, that's, that's like a dead an- another good point in that is... Um- Bob Bosa is pointing out that they don't feel anything. They can't eat. They can't drink. They don't feel hungry. They don't. Um, you when best start believing in horror stories you're in. One's always like a cool quote as well. It's when he is marooning Jack and Elizabeth on the island, hmm. he forces her to take off the dress he gave her. Yeah, that's mine. Fuck you. And he holds it to his face and says, mm, it's still warm and then throws it to the group. He wouldn't have been able to feel that. So it was purely to rile the men. Yeah. Because they would still be like, Oh, warm lady bodies. Oh, pussy. <laughs> like, there are a lot of things that they do that would have been, like, built in stuff. Like, he doesn't give... And that's, like... But there's both the subtlety of them carrying things out because they're zombie pirates. But, like, the whole way through the film, what's the one thing that Barbosa is looking forward to eating as soon as they return the coins? That fucking apple that he keeps carrying around. What kind of apple is it? The one from Snow White. No. <laughs> the it's poison a, apple. It's a Granny Smith apple, ah, which is an Australian it. species yeah. because Jeffrey Rush is Australian. No, because he because the Interceptor brought him over. No, that's it's literally because it's an Australian apple and he's an Australian actor. They're shit, by the way, American listeners. They're they're not good. They're my favourite. I'm not a big fan of green apples. I like them. Straight up. It's good. I think that... Are they the ones that are... No, there's a a type of red one that's made to be cooked and it's shit raw. Yeah. I I forget which one. Apple Um, genealogy is not why I came to this Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) podcast. I'm not not prepared. Oh, you also like the monkey. Yeah, the um, We haven't spoken about Jack. (laughs) Played by two capuchin monkeys, one named Levi and one named Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Your sister's a monkey. That's rude and I'll let her know. Hey, sound, um, sound checker, CJ. Your mum's a chimp. <laughs> That's fucking wild, man. <laughs> God damn, I'm going to get in so much trouble when this gift so Oh, it's out. a Disney one too, so like others, uh, all that family will be listening to it. Fucking dweebs. Um, but yeah, the... The storytelling not being said, you know, actions, not words, with a lot of that, like, subtle death stuff, and the original take of not having, not showing Jack take that coin, but the fact that he pickpocketed, that's a, that falls into that category of, like, cool stuff there. Yeah. Hmm. Any other thoughts? We read through all your notes? Um, well, post this movie being a huge success... Mm-hmm. That might have been what's ruined the rest of this franchise. Okay. So I was watching some other people's reaction, because not, not just this film, but overall, because this is a very long-running franchise. We're talking, like, 
five movies now? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. If you're not the MCU, possibly, that's a lot. With possibly seven in the works? Yeah, because you've got maybe a Margaret Robbie one, but also another one with Johnny Depp in it, which might be an issue, actually. Because mm. this film, when I brought up the trio being important, it is a... It is a the, look, the main character, who would you say? As far as plot, drive, and film itself goes. Technically, it's Elizabeth. That's fucking right. It's an Elizabeth movie. With like, um, with Will coming along for obviously reasons and stuff. That's the foil. Yeah, Jack- he, he's what you bounce all your and shit. And Jack from. is literally a wild card. Yeah, and that's honestly he works great in this film, and I can see that. Jack is supposed to come in and leave and he's come the, back in again. He's the as element convenient. of chaos to like keep shit moving. Yeah, keep shit fresh. But because he's so like Popular. iconic and famous and stuff, it stops being an Elizabeth franchise. It stops being about other characters. It starts to be about him, and he's in it constantly, and he's treated like a rock star. Whereas in this, he's kind of a shit heel mm. with, like, he's a, he's a turd with charisma. He's not. He's not supposed to be what he turns into. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what I mean. And like a lot of the other films, he is just like a invincible. It's the fucking Batman problem again. Mm. He stops being um, foilable, you know, and starts to become too much. But I like that. I, I'm not sure. Does, does a weird, you, does a weird village tribe treat him like a god in one yeah. of these films? See? That's C-3PO in Star Wars again. Fuck. You you don't have, like, a great knowledge of the other films, do you? I don't, but I you, understand the You have, the like, vibe. a wishy-washy thing. I've so, seen the one where there's a, there's a there's a Cthulhu captain. Yeah. And um, Will's dad's a starfish. Yeah. So. So I've probably seen two of them. What's the third one? They try a couple of times... To, like, almost put Jack back into his place. So Norrington ends up basically getting tossed out of the British Navy. Mm. But they bring his character back in. And he's still on his, like, no, you screwed over my life. I'm going to screw you over as well. It's a revenge kick. But then he, like, Rick flags it and comes back. And you're like, poor Norrington. Why, why did we ever hate this guy? I, do I was thinking that when he, when he surrenders his woman to Will at the end, I was like, at first I thought you were a dumb cock, but you obviously have some more dignity than that. And that's the thing, like, that character, they play him as the dumb cock for a really long time, and then all of a sudden he's a good guy. And it's the whole, like, it brings back the father's quote of, if you're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, it's still the wrong thing. They bring back Barbosa. Mm-hmm. And try and, like, throw it off that, yes, Jack's good, but he's not the best. Like, he's got that, he's too chaotic to actually follow through on what he's doing. So, like, they do try and balance it out as it goes. But Jack Sparrow is just such a huge character. It's an inescapable thing. they, They couldn't do anything to... You know, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the, the movies, but yeah, he should be less of the thing. Um, Gore Verbinski only worked on the first three, so I don't know if they get weirder. They So, the films are somewhat, and that's why, like, I know we usually get into producer roles and, like, the nitty gritty of who made the film. It jumps around so much. Mm. Because you'll have people that work on one and four, 
people that work on one, two, three, people that work on one, five, people that work on one, three, five, people that work on, like, they were just coming and going pretty freely. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. It actually makes for, like, in most cases, that can make for a good franchise because you've constantly got new ideas and new insight coming in the thing I rather than about the same the original, person like the original star wars trilogy versus the prequel trilogy mm. is george lucas did not have that much creative control in the first one it was a melting pot of concepts and ideas and then he's becomes famous because of those movies so then no one can really back talk him during the prequels and now it's about f- trade federations yeah and there's like a lot of weird like jewishy characters yeah yeah see um, that's what happens. But and that and that's the thing, you know, it's you're always better having lots of people there that you can take little bits and pieces mm. of story. Like the script got rewritten four times in two years. We wouldn't have ended up with a successful film without it, I don't think. Because if they'd done the first one, we wouldn't have got cool zombies. But and that's the thing, like, I think it was um Johnny Depp when he was like another reason that he was really excited to do the film was it wasn't a pirate film. Everything had happened. The mutiny had happened. It really wasn't about, like, kidnapping the girl. It's a post-pirate zombie film. But that's that's what he was like. It's good because it's not a pirate film. It's a film with pirates. It's like what we said during our Zom 100 episode, whether that's out yet or not. Um... Genres need a little bit of a fucking extra kick. You got you got to blow that. We've, we've you done, don't have to blow We've the done them bit. all so many t- times now that you need to find a believable and a good twist. Thing plus other thing usually equals like a yeah a more unique thing. Um, the whole like funny part and full circleness of the entire franchise in general hmm. is that. The one stipulation on making this film was that it had to distance itself from the ride. And then the ride The film did back. so yeah. well that they refurbished all of the rides. So Disneyland, Disney World, I think even Japan did a rewrite of theirs in order to make it closer adapt to the movie. Hmm. So they added Barbosa, they've added Jack, they've added Jack like way too many times for it to even make which 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 circles sense. back around to me being on the right and he goes drink out of me out is your her and i'm like wow johnny depp is a great impressionist <laughs> yeah yeah um just thumbing through the the trivia on imdb so as we much. start to roll towards some um, as as we start to bring this ship to port um royal this fucking idiot ironically the blu-ray contains an anti-piracy ad it does. You're fucking... Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> You're an idiot. It is just a DVD. Yeah. Um, so, I don't really have a pre-written homework for this episode, which is why we've been putting off recording it. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go with this brought back the, you know, golden movie thing of pirates. Yeah. They've a hundred times tried with cowboys and sucked at it. They have cowboys listen versus to Jonah, aliens. Listen to Jonah, Jonah Hex. <laughs> Lone Ranger. Home on the Range. It did bring back <laughs> the movie makeup, though. Yeah. What? Yeah, but Alvaro was doing that shit before. It was cool, man. 
She probably learned it from the golden age of Hollywood, considering she was a 14-year-old girl who just had dinner with Elvis Presley. No, no, she learned it from drag queens when she was hanging out with those dudes just just before, El- before like, pre-Alvira. Cassandra Bairdson was, like, hanging out. As you do. What, what classic good, good movie thing do you want them to bring back? Because I now know my answer. Ooh, okay. Um, so, in prepare... Don't steal it. In preparation, let me, let me stall a little bit while I try to think of something in particular um so we had a lot of homework ideas mm-hmm. so my favorite johnny depp character is the one from dark shadows mm-hmm. my favorite ship is um gray and juvia if they're secretly holding hands when we're not looking that's the rule it has to be the joker harley thing where it's like when the characters drop and they're like you know what are you thinking about for dinner i'm thinking about chinese and like that like there has to be a relationship there that we're not seeing because we see the performance of joker so I feel that it fits that same like I want those I want them to be getting along when I'm not looking. Uh, that okay. I've transferred my Joker Harley feelings to Grand Juvia, so that's my shit. You no longer like Joker or Harley. No, because they've retconned it so fucking hard, I can't hold on to that anymore, and I can't go back and watch the animated series because I've just drained it of all its nutrients so fucking hard. Um, so those are my spare homework answers. Now for this one, I would like. I'm going to give you some time, because I know mine. Because they try to bring back, like, Detective Noir Practical stuff, and it's effects. never good. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, I agree on that. Because... Definitive answer. And I'm not, I'm not saying for everything. Like, CGI has its place. Jurassic Park rules. You have to build prosthetics, and the CGI is there to blur that shit, and to that just tuck, tuck the edges in. 100%. That was what I was going to bring Fuck up. Yeah. Because I, I, I love, I love constantly when the video, the photo of um, Sam and that hugging the dying Triceratops. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, oh, I can't believe poachers these days out here shooting these valuable creatures. Dinosaurs, these valuable. It's a fucking yeah. like life size dinosaur. <laughs> like practical effects will. Always 100 times make your CGI look better. I mean, because you're not relying on the CGI. It gives your like actors and things like, I know this is very controversial. Twilight did it really well with the wolves. They made a wolf head so that the actors could make sure their eyesights were on with what they were going to Photoshop in later. Mm -hmm. They made sure that it was actually like a weighted, like, head so that if it like rested its head on an actor's shoulder or something it would sag naturally with the weight of what they were trying to create like a hundred percent every time practical effects will make your film better that's why you can still use cgi that's why all the original horror films hold up better than their shitty reboots that came around the early 2000s um the thing that's a huge one so they originally did that in practical effects and then the company's like yeah but like cgi is like trendy so fucking ruin it <laughs> yeah you know no no you're definitely right it's hard to think of a genre because i feel like they try very periodically but they do because the we can't they're, keep they're doing waiting, superhero movies the- they're waiting to see what, like everyone sat there and said pirates will never take off from this and sure, there are a few things like Stardust came out a couple of years after this. Yeah. It tanked. Waterworld. Famously but, a failure. 
But that's the thing. Like, they have to keep bringing it back so that people go, oh, yeah, I remember watching things like this as a kid or, like... I think the problem is, is that, like, a lot of, like, very iconic things from genre just can't be replicated. Yeah. Like, you can't do the Dollar Trilogy now because the Dollar Trilogy already exists and if you're doing it again, then it's a shitty soulless reboot and it's not the same anyway. Yeah. That's the tricky part is that the originality has to exist you for a genre You know one of the ones that do it okay? Yeah. Jumanji. Yeah. They get tanked on a lot for claiming to be Jumanji. Like, if you put... But if you put any other name on the reboot ones, hmm. they would be great films. No, no. You, you, I think the reason they don't is because Zathura didn't. So they're scared to do... Um, this game is real life, but not... Like, Jumanji worked as a third doesn't, so let's just do Jumanji's and not... But that's the thing, people shit on Jumanji because... If Jumanji was... It was a board game, not a video game. Do you remember Pitfall? Like, the Activision, like, side-scrolling piece of shit. Like, super forgotten game. If it was Pitfall, the movie, completely different response. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, Hollywood is one of those things that they can never do it right, but they can never do it wrong. Yeah. There is there is no medium ground there whatsoever. Yeah, for for every like Cuz you don't like for every such like 20 strikeouts. There's always like You know what they should bring back? It's like I know that's ironic, but like the original idea stuff. Cuz we like I mentioned like um first Star Wars trilogy. Melting pot of ideas. Lots of lots of concepts, lots of stuff. Nostalgic as hell. Everyone's still I, th- I think the original trilogy is still the favourite. I'm sure, like, the TV stuff with Obi-Wan and and The Mandalorian, will, we'll see. But I feel like they'll be the only competitor, really, as far as definitive good Star Wars. Um, and the prequels were, like, one-man controlled and an issue. But then the new sequels are just... I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but it's made corporation-y. Yeah. Like, what's trending? What's... What's a good It was made idea? to be fan service without the fans in mind. Yeah, it's it's not even that. It's like that weird it's that weird corporate inclusivity that never feels right or genuine. Mm. A lot of that's the thing. It's it's that weird it, it doesn't feel genuine because it was made like with test screenings and mathematics instead of storytelling. So I feel I feel like that's the problem, is things going that way. Yeah. It's like, oh we have to have to tick all these boxes in a certain way because that's the movies that work, but they rarely do because no one cares. Yeah. Stop doing live action remakes of 2D cartoons. Oh, bring back hand drawn animations. Oh, right? Yeah. Doesn't that sound good? That was a little bit disappointed about the Beavis and Butthead film. Hand drawn animations where it's at. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's completely lost now. I think so. I think it's completely dead. When was the last time it existed? Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Bob's Burgers being looking like it does is fucking remarkable. Yeah. But that wasn't... It's not a hand-drawn thing either. It's still digital. Yeah. I know... I understand that it's easier to do it, but it loses that charm. It it, it loses the heart and soul, Mm. which is what I was saying about the storytelling. Hmm. It's hard to... It's hard to make a, you know, a capitalist fucking... Thing about art, it's hard to monetize art because 
it's open to interpretation and it's usually made by some weird guy. And the other <laughs> problem is that everyone in the universe hates artists. <laughs> yeah. So that's unfortunately where we dismiss this topic. Hmm. I'm we'll glad we finished it on a dire, on a um, on a downer there. But um, the parts theme is really good, so think about that instead. The soundtrack's great. Yeah. That is by far the worst part I've ever seen. So it would seem, and then it's always a meme of like a dude riding a shopping cart through like floodwaters. That's <laughs> the best. <laughs> All right, do you want to sign us off? Thank you for listening to us. Um, Ramble. No, I was, I was thinking, is this really that nerdy of a topic? I think it appeals to Disney nerds and pirate nerds. Is there a comic book adaptation? Probably. The Haunted Mansion got one, so I can't say why not. Um, it's a good rabbit hole, I think. Um. Yeah, thank you for listening to us try to f- place this film. Um, I've been <laughs> trying to knock out all of 2003. Yeah, we're on our way. Stay tuned for us to talk about, um, oh, fuck, all some stuff we haven't talked about. I was just looking at them. It's gone now. Um, I have been your co-host this week, Toby Apollo. I've been joined by producer and actual host this week, um, Kai Steen. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, do all sorts of delightful little things that make Touch you happy. Touch um, Yep, get some booty. Hey, we've done Hulk. Oh, shit. Stay tuned for us doing the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Oh, I liked that movie. You also like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I fucking love that movie. Oh, 2003. What are you class dismissed? <laughs>